You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Yeah. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation of leaders. Yo, I got a show for you today. I know y'all looking like, yo, it's Friday. You drop every Thursday. What's the hold up? It's almost noon, one o'clock. You dropping episodes. You know I'm at work. I'm about to turn up when I get off work or I got stuff to do when I get off work. I don't got time to listen to your podcast. Why are you messing up the rhythm? Why are you messing up the routine? Come here for a second. Hold on. When you ask that question, I got some breaking news that I, I had to wait to deliver. One, because I'm making some videos today announcing this breaking news and I ain't had no haircut and I can't make videos with no haircut. So I had to get a haircut before I made the video and I'm going to put the news I know I was going to put on this podcast. So it just all made sense that I go ahead and get the cut first, get all that stuff straight. So when the podcast is released, people can go to the website, check it out, see the video with the cut and they'd be like, okay, he's a reputable guy and make moves and go ahead and do the thing. <laughs> So before I get into what the breaking news is, I want to say three things. First, thank you so much for everybody for tuning in for episode 92 of Kendra Barnes. Yo, the feedback has been phenomenal. Thank y'all for engaging, leaving comments and all that great stuff. Like real talk, reach out to her. If you haven't listened to the episode, go listen to the episode. We talk about real estate, the nitty gritty, the realness behind it. It is a mind blowing episode for a person that's in real estate is not a con artist. <laughs> so make sure you go check out that show. Um, also, too, thank you everyone for leaving a review that has left the review on iTunes or I on your iPhone app, whatever. If you haven't left the review, you have an iPhone, you've been listening to this podcast. Leave a five-star review, please, please. This helps us out a lot. And make sure you're sharing this podcast with a friend. Uh, third update is, I know I've been talking about building a community for a while. November week is coming. Trailblazers University is coming. More details will be on the upcoming podcast on how you can register, what's going to be included in it, all that great stuff. But get excited. Trailblazer University is coming. Side note, I might have some free passes to Trailblazers University for those that are on Twitter and they say hashtag Trailblazers University and they at me just so I know that you're listening, then I might have something for you, all right? Uh, and the last but certainly not least, the breaking news, what we all been waiting for. This year, I had a lot of goals that I wanted to accomplish. I've been checking some down. I've been doing well on some, but some just kind of got pushed to the back burner. I forgot about them. I didn't do them. And it just wasn't on the, 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 the tip of my, my head to really do. 
And this 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 week, as I drop the album, matter of fact, go make sure you go listen to Remember Your Genius album. Classic, motivational album. Cool. First ever project. Just had to get a little plug, personal plug. But I was like, man, it would be dope if we had a like a, a network of people that just focused on one goal. Like, that's all we was going to do. We was going to do one goal, whether somebody was, for me, is building my website, my personal website. For somebody else, it might be losing weight or going to the gym. For somebody else, it may be clearing up the relationship. I don't know how technical your goal is as far as business or technical it is in the personal space, but I just felt that it would be cool if we had a dope community to really push each other towards the goal. And and, and more than an accountability group, but a, a group that has a format, has a plan with consistent motivation to do it. And I said, hold up, G. You, you, you the coach change agent. You can do this, right? So I said, let me get in the lab a little bit. So over the last couple of weeks, this week rather, I got in the lab, made the program, and it's live. So you can go to gregehill.com backslash 30 day, three zero day. And you'll find the information. Basically, what it is is a 30 day challenge which starts Monday, October 1st. And that's the last day you can register, October 1st by 11.59 p.m. And it goes through October 31st. And what this challenge is, is when you join the platform, when you join the challenge, what you'll receive is daily motivational video from me every single morning at 7 a.m. What you will also get access to is a free private Facebook group where everybody be sharing their goals, what they're working on, giving updates, and I'll, I'll give everybody the rules and how we're going to operate in it once you join. Third, you'll have a live Q&A answering questions, any question you have, not just on the goals, any question you have every Thursday at 6.30. It'll probably be for like an hour. Any question that you have regarding anything, and if you if you can't make the call, then I'll just I'll shoot out the recording. And we'll just we'll, so we can keep them the, the the motivational ball rolling and just have open conversations. I may bring on some special guests. And last but certainly not least, I have a Thrive Journal for you. Not a physical, but it's a PDF journal which chronicalizes every single day, has certain activities and check-ins that you have to do, as well as weekly review and a post thirty day challenge review. So I know many of you are asking, okay, is it free? It's going to cost. And I ain't going to lie. I'm going to be honest with you. I know I try to be honest. I, I debated. First, it's like, oh, does it make it free? We get a lot of emails, get people in, and we just make it cool. But then I realized, like, one, it's going to be a lot of work on my end. But two, I want to make sure you have some investment. I don't want people to just join a challenge and then not engage, not do anything. So I said, okay, what would be the right price? So against all the advice I received, <laughs> ain't no set price. You invest what you want. And the only reason why I'm doing this is because there's somebody out there that's listening. They're like, yo, I, I don't have $20 or $50 to invest in this program. And I'm trying to get there. But how do I get there? So, yo, you got a dollar, put a dollar up. I'm still going to give you the same effort. You're going to receive the same videos, the same content. Put whatever you can up and invest in yourself. And I guarantee whatever you invest in yourself, you're going to get back tenfold. Minimum. Minimum. So there you have it. There you have it. Ain't no huge price drop, whatever. No, 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 no. You invest in yourself and we're going to get it in, all right? Getting videos every single day, motivation, encouragement, support from your peer group, and just a challenge to accomplish your goal in the next 30 days. And that's all it is, man. I'm really excited about it. And whether if we have five, 
to 100. It will be a cap. I ain't gonna put the cap out there, but it will be a cap. I don't. I can't. I don't know if I can do a, a way more than 100 at this point. But even if it's five, 10, 15, 20, hiring for sign up, man. We gonna be on a journey over the next thirty days. It's gonna be a push for me releasing content every single day, video content rather. But we gotta do it because a lot of goals need to be happening. So many people, when you're working towards, it's hard when it's just maybe one or two people. But imagine a group of five, ten, fifteen, twenty people all pushing each other, checking in, and really just growing in this space. I'm excited, so I just want to try it out. So make sure if you want to go and join the thirty day challenge with me. It is. You can find information at gregehill.com backslash 30 day. That is three zero day. Friend, bring the whole group in and we going to get it in. So that's for my true supporters, my people that are trying to make them goals, trying to be changes, all that stuff. Yep. Go ahead and join it. In this episode right here, I got with my boy Peter Dutton. It's phenomenal. Like this dude storytelling is on 100 like you will be riveted by his storytelling when you drive and whatever you're doing you're gonna be so riveted by the, like his near-death experiences his uh experiences selling narc I, mean, I, I can't even, i can't even put it out there you just gotta listen to this episode but it's really cool uh dude is uh has part ownership in this thing called soul pop it is a pop um popcorn online that uh you can buy and it tastes like they got fried chicken flavors macaroni and cheese dill pickle uh barbecue um chicken and waffles all these different flavors uh black owned startup it's really popping out there in texas uh also he has i pray every day clothing brand line where they got wristbands which I, i which i love as well as a couple other things that he's popped off with I Pray Every Day, which is a phenomenal movement. I mean, I always get stopped because he also has this, uh, he has his hat, this black hat that says Make America Pray Again. And I always get these double looks when I'm at the airport, when I'm rocking it anywhere. People are like, what is that? What is that? But it's a black hat that says Make, Every, Make America Pray Again. And uh, he has so much cool content, so much stuff. And his story is just so riveting. Like he shares uh, what happened with, with his wife, with his first couple babies, um, what it's like to be uh, upcoming new father and just and, and also too most recently he was mixed up for some reason he got his the australian guy that's running for prime minister he's a politician some may say he's a dirty politician whatever his name is peter dutton as well and cnn did like a twitter thing and i don't know how his name got into it and then he said yo uh i don't know if the australian men, prime minister is a 30 year old black guy but if he is X, Y, and Z. It went viral. He was all over CNN, um, all over Australian news coverage. It's been blowing up like low key. He just tweeted me the other day, and now I got all these people from Australia tweeting me, and I'm I'm, I'm in the mix now. I'm like, bro, don't keep keep that energy over there, bro. Like it's cool, but it's just a lot going on, man. His story is phenomenal, so I definitely want you to check this out. And uh, yeah, that's all I really got for you. That's all I really got for you. So we're going to jump right into this podcast. Once again, thank you so much for the love. Make sure if you are on a boat or, or thinking about a goal that you just need the extra push, I got you for the month of October. GregEhill.com backslash 30 day. Enjoy the show. I am beyond excited to, to introduce this guest on the show. 
He was, he's been one of my day one supporters and listeners. I'm talking about you know, like back in 2015 when we just started, man. One of the first guys that really engaged online with the show. And you know, when you start something out new and when somebody engages with your stuff, it's a whole different experience. Like when you, when you doing it and you know people listening, but nobody at you on Twitter, nobody sending you no messages. You like, am I really, is it really moving? Like you see the stats, but you're not looking at, you're not seeing no results. So it means a lot. The first few people that engage with your content and give you shout outs and show you love. And this brother's all the way from Texas. And that showed me because when I first had the idea of the podcast, I didn't, I knew it was going to be, I thought it was going to be big. But you, you, when you first get a listener that you've never, you never knew in any part of life from Texas showing you love and appreciation, it means something. And then fast forward a couple years when I had, um, on a tour last year and we, we popped up in Houston. And he drove a long way, brought his wife, showed support, and the rapport we've been able to build without really knowing each other on an everyday basis. And now I got him in my text thread, and man, and just seeing his journey from afar, hearing his story at the actual event, but also see what he's been able to do um, over the last couple months, and honestly, over the last couple years with his movement with I Pray Every Day. And now his new journey was soul popped and his new appointment as uh, the Australian prime minister, man. Like I'm just, I'm blessed to actually have some time to get him on the show and I'm just not even going to read a long bio. We're going to jump right into it, man. So I'm genuinely excited. I'm blessed that this be my second interview in the morning and both of them, like I'm beyond excited on a lot of interviews, but some interviews I'm like, I know it's going to be a good story, but I'm just always trying to fill out and seeing how I can make it work. But I'm genuinely excited and overjoyed about the steps that he's made and the man that he is and the man who's become a man so without further ado i would like to introduce my brother peter dutton to the minority trailblazer podcast man welcome to the show Thanks for having me, G. That was uh that was that was the best introduction I've ever heard of myself. So I'm happy to report, <laughs> record that and save it when I do speeches in the future. <laughs> yeah, you already know, man. So uh we're gonna let's start the show off with a quote, because I'm gonna do this 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 show a tad bit different um okay. than I tour, than normally do, but I always wanna start off with the foundation, man. So Pete, man, tell us a quote or a mantra that you apply to your everyday life and uh, give us a story how you apply it. Yeah, man, I'll uh, I'll jump right into it. I'll uh, I'll hit you with a uh, pray every day to expect results. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know that's that's kind of what I've been living my life by for the last five six years now. Um, is what I stand on. Um, prayer really changed my life. Um, you know, the person I was five ten years ago is not who I am today, and it started with just a daily prayer life. Um, it taught me to pray and trust God, and and, and you know really lean on my faith even in the darkest days. Um, you still have something to be thankful for, something to thank God for, um, something to be happy about. Um, you know, earlier this week, um, I think this was Tuesday, actually, my wife was in a, uh, and, you know, and she's pregnant. Uh, our, our baby girl's coming in January. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, she had a fender bender. Somebody hit her from the back while she was headed to school in the morning. Um, and, you know, every morning she leaves work, like I, I pray for her. I'm like, man, you know, God, keep your hand over my wife, my baby, make sure they, you know, make it to and from work safely. Um, and this, this particular morning she called and said she was an offender. And I'm, you know, my first thing is like, you know, what, what I need to do, you know, what's, what, what's up, what's happening? You know, she's like, I'm fine. You know, she barely hit me, you know, this and then that. And, um, she was all upset about it. And, you know, I don't, you know, we don't have money to pay for the car right now. We're trying to do so many things, get ready for the baby, all this other stuff. And I told her, I stopped. I was like, you know what? I was like, first of all, I was like, the accident could have been worse. Um, you could have been hurt. The baby could have been hurt. Um, the car could have been totaled. Um, so let's, you know, count our blessings and say, you know, thank God that it wasn't worse. We have insurance, you know, it'll help us cover it. Um, and just take it from there. 
Um, so just little things like that. I've, I've learned to uh, divert from being angry about um, just finding find a way to thank God for it, even in the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. You, perfect. Perfect. And it's it's crazy. The biggest thing when I, I got my band and just the whole prayer every day is that expect results piece. Yeah. Because I think sometimes specifically in certain church, you look around and you like, yo, why? Why everybody out here kind of in bad shape? Why a lot yeah. of people out here kind of broken hurting? But it's a difference between praying every day, but then the last piece expecting results. Right. Exactly. And and, and that's and, and and so with the expect results part, um, you know, I I I, I picture it two ways. Um, you know, it's a, it's praying for the things that you know it's, it's expecting the things you're praying for, but also in expecting results. Uh, it's also res- expecting results of yourself. Um, mm. So, so you know, while you're praying for these things, it's expecting results of yourself to be able to understand if if, if I'm praying for this breakup, if I'm praying for this job right now, and the job doesn't happen, I'm expecting myself to understand. Okay, it wasn't supposed to happen right now. Keep your faith, keep moving, keep moving your feet forward, um, and keep doing what God has put you here to do. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of times people in their prayer life, you know, they get real specific, and then when God doesn't give it to them, it's you know woe is me, you know, I don't, you know, God, would you let me down for this and that? And, you know, in, in my own life and own experiences, it's just God telling you not right now, you know, and, and, and he, he's made, he's expecting you to continue to move your feet and continue to do the work because he has something better for you on the outside of it. So you might not get that, you know, that job you think you want now or the job that you've been praying for, but it's because God has a greater job set up for you that gives you a multitude of things that you weren't even expecting to come from that. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that. Expecting results, not just from achieving things. I could pray. Oh, I expect next, uh, this next month to bring in 10 grand. Well, shoot. What is, what are the results am I expecting for myself? Like, do I, do I, do I expect myself to wake up every morning? Do I expect myself to make X amount of sales calls? Do I expect to learn about my craft? Like, I, I love that aspect of thinking about the fine tuning. Um, the changes that I want to make to this podcast that I normally do, I normally start off with the backdrop of your story, but I want to start off with the current events right now. And then let's segue into that, man. And, uh, one, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, man, how is like, how was your, your thought process and everything when you, when you found out the news, you about to be a father, man. Oh man, it was a, it was, it was awesome, man. Um, you know, even, even in that journey, um, you know, a, a couple of people look at, uh, look at my wife and I, and they're like, man, y'all are the, the perfect couple. You know, y'all about to have a baby. Y'all are doing this and that. And, you know, I tell them, I was like, man, we go through so many things, um, you know, that a lot of people don't see on the outside that we just, you know, kind of have had to deal with in our relationship. Um, you know, in full transparency, like this is our third pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had two miscarriages um, before. Um, the second one really hurt us because we were almost two, three months, I believe it was. Um, and, you know, two weeks before that, we went to the doctor. Baby was fine. You know, got to hear the baby's heartbeat. You know, it was it was, you know, a joyous time. And we're thinking we're going back to the doctor. Um, I think it was four weeks after that, maybe. And we think we're going back, you know, for another checkup to kind of figure out and, and for them to tell us what the uh, the sex of the baby would be. And uh, so we get to the doctor's office and, uh, you know, the doctor puts a little machine on my wife's stomach and, you know, there, there's there's no heartbeat. And, um, you know, after going to it a few times, I, you know, the doctor, uh, sometimes they don't they don't actually put the, the monitor where it's supposed to be for you to hear the heartbeat. And so uh, and so I'm, I'm in, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, OK, you know, doctor, you know, he's in the wrong spot. The baby's probably moved or turned around or something. Mm-hmm. And then, he, you know, he tries again and there's no heartbeat. And then I look at my wife and I can see the tears forming in her eyes. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of in shock at the moment. But I'm like, you know, God, you know, if this is if this is what's happening, 
you know, let me be strong enough for my wife and myself to get through it once again um, and understand that, you know, this is this, this is your doing um, and you have something greater for us um, in the future. And um, so, you know, fast forward to, to, to now, um, you know, I came home from a business trip. I was in New York for a work conference and um, I come home and my, my wife had these balloons in the, in the kitchen with like a, a bag on the table. Mm hmm. And I'm I'm thinking it's just you know her her you know giving me a gift for uh for you know being on the road. She always, she always <laughs> a little, little she always does little stuff like that when I'm on the road and stuff. So I'm thinking I'm not even thinking you know a pregnancy announcement. And uh, so she pulls out a uh, she pulls out a t-shirt and she's like close your eyes and so, and so she opens the t-shirt and uh, she says now read the shirt. And so I read the shirt and it says take it easy on me. My wife is pregnant. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and it, it was awesome, man. It was, it was, it was, it was great, uh, to find out that we've, uh, we once again on the pregnancy road and, uh, you know, everything's going great with the baby. Um, we just had our, la our latest appointment two weeks ago. Um, doctor's fine. I mean, doctor said baby's fine. Mom is fine. Baby looks completely healthy. Um, all 10 toes, all 10 fingers, um, all her organs working fine. So it, it's a blessing, man. It's crazy that I never really thought about it, how, I mean, I've heard of, I know I'm, I'm I, like one of my best friends had a miscarriage. I mean, uh, she had a miss, his wife had a miscarriage. And, but I never think that until the baby comes out, man, like you still got to keep those around you that are pregnant prayed up. Like you have to right. keep, keep blessing on it. Cause just because everything like, wow, like three months in is like, what? Yeah, and exactly. being able to over overcome that, man. I, first of all, I thank you for sharing that story, man, because that's that brings even more prudence to it, man. And um, that's crazy. Like, how long have you and wife been together? Uh, so we've been together now um, almost five years now. Um, so we uh, we met 2013. Um, we were friends for like a full year. And then we started dating officially um, 2014. Um, we're together for that year. And then we got engaged 2016. Married 2017, and so we just celebrated a year of marriage in April of uh, this year. Wow, man. Wow, that's, man. That's, that's, that's beautiful, dog. That's beautiful. So uh, the jump to more current events, man, like break us down for people that, that are – because I know my, my, my loyal podcast listeners, they may be unaware, but for, for, for a lot of your new following now, break us down this whole – where did this – this 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 uh prime minister stuff come from like break us down this story man because this has been a hot topic for you i know you've been experiencing a lot over the last couple months man with this this uh this this mix up and i've just been uh, enamored by how you've been able to pivot and make it not just like about me moment but just make it just like a fun good loving moment man and, I, and the reason why i want to paint this picture because i know once we go into your backstory this you probably never could envision. Hey, this probably happening when you were younger, and you definitely wouldn't have responded the same way uh, nah. back then, man. So break us down, like what really happened, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so it, it started. Um, it actually started a few years ago. Um, I, I, I would randomly get tweets um, from people in Australia, and they were, you know, they were they were political tweets, and I would always wonder why they're sending them to me. And uh, so one day I just decided to Google the uh, and they would always tag Peter Dutton. And so I, I decided to Google the name in Australia and I just put Australia on the end of it. And there's actually a politician there um, with the same name as me, Peter Dutton. And so I was like, OK, that's why people continue to send me messages and think that I'm him, because we, I mean, my, my Twitter handle is Peter Dutton five. His is Peter Dutton MP, I think, for, for prime minister or something like that. And, uh, you know, people for years would always get us confused. I would get, you know, hate tweets, um, DMs, <laughs> like just crazy tweets, bro. Like, like stuff that I wouldn't even, I was like, man, I don't even understand why this is coming to me. 
Um, but one thing that I always did was I would I would respond to them and say, hey, you know, this you, you're, you're talking to the wrong Peter Dutton. And I would send them um, his Twitter handle um, and say, hey, this is the guy you're looking for. <laughs> I don't want no smoke, but it, there you go. <laughs> exactly. I said, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't bring that this way. I don't need any bad uh, mojo on this side. Um, and so then fast forward to this year, uh, my wife and I, this is about three, three, four weeks ago, my wife and I are at home and she showed me a tweet from CNN talking about the other Peter Dutton in Australia and how they were about to have a vote for their newest prime minister. And so I, you know, I, I had been getting tweets leading up to that tweet um, from CNN. I was like, OK, this is why people have been tweeting me this week at a higher level, because I was getting I was getting like four or five DMs a day. Like, uh, hey, how can you run for prime minister when you're doing X, Y, Z? How can you? And it was just a bunch of craziness. And I was like, man, I don't know where this is coming from, what's happening. And so when she showed me the tweet, I was like, OK, there's an election coming up. And that's where all these people are coming from. And so I just I took the CNN tweet and I retweeted it with the caption. I was like, I hope my Australian friends will look at my profile and see that I'm a 30 year old black man from Texas before they tweet and DM me. And, uh, you know, I, I tweeted that and I set my phone down. And so in the first probably like two minutes, it had maybe like a hundred likes and, you know, 20 retweets and a bunch of people in Australia laughing, joking about it. Um, you know what I'm saying? Apologizing for it saying, sorry, mate, uh, we, we were looking for the other guy, blah, blah, blah. And so probably in the next five minutes, G like, I think I had almost 3000 likes and 400 retweets and I'm talking about nonstop to where my wife, she was in the bed, but I mean, it's like probably 1030 at night uh-huh. and uh, my wife's in the bed. She's asleep and she's like, what do you like? What do you keep touching your phone for? What are you doing on the phone? She's like, it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> and, so I'm, and so I'm telling her, I'm like, man, I was like, I really don't know what's happening right now uh, on Twitter and why this tweet is taking off like this. And so I showed it to her. She was like, wow, that's crazy. She's like, not getting to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in why it's taking off like this. And so I started engaging with the people back and, and you know, kind of, you know, playing into it and, and talking to the people. And uh, and so I tweeted something else. I was like, wow, I was like, the people of Australia are really embracing me. Um, I think now I'm the people's prime minister. <laughs> and then that tweet took off. And so probably in the, probably within an hour, it had probably 30,000 likes and wow. almost. 10,000 retweets and comments and my followers were just going up exponentially, like almost hundreds by the hour. And, uh, and so literally that, that night, um, a, a news station in Australia ends up calling me and, uh, they reached out to me on Twitter. They were like, Hey, we'd like to speak to you. Um, if you have a moment. And so they reached out to me and, uh, they got an interview with me at like one o'clock in the AM our time. And so I had to set up the computer and everything. And so literally this is like 1 a.m. My wife gets out of the bed. She comes in the room. She's like, what are you doing? And why are you making all this noise? <laughs> Your pregnant wife is like, hold up. You on the phone at 1030, making all these mischievous moves. Now you're making these noise. Like what? On t- for Twitter? Exactly. She's, she's like, hey, you need to go to bed. And so, uh, and so I do the interview. And then I, uh, I wake up the next morning. And I've got DMs and messages from from every news outlet you could think of. The the, the Statesman here is the local newspaper, um, the New York Times, uh, who else? The Chronicle in Houston, um, CBS, and then their their local station there, which is like the Morning America, Sunrise Seven in um, in Australia. They end up interviewing me the next morning, so I'm like on their version of Good Morning America doing an interview with them. The next morning. The next morning. Wow. Next wow. morning. 
And uh, and it just it, it didn't stop for like a full week. Like I'm doing interviews nonstop for that week, um, press runs for that week, just really just talking and engaging with the people. Um, and so when the when Sunrise Seven wanted to interview me, I was like, man, I was like, so I started talking about Soul Pop previously. I was like, let me bring some some bags and put my Soul Pop shirt on, um, you know, because I was thinking I was like, you know, this is a free marketing opportunity for the company. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was like, you know, I don't I'm not one of those people that that would want to be even after this experience. I'm like, I could never be a celebrity because I can deal with all that attention on a, on a daily basis. It just it was just too much. And I, it was overwhelming. Um, you know, I, in, in that week's time, I think I lost like almost seven, eight pounds just because I was moving so much and doing so much where I was I was working all day um, in my in my job. And then I was doing interviews and stuff for Australia on their time because they're 15 hours ahead of us. Oh. Um, so so when I'm getting off work at 5 p.m., Australia is just waking up. And so it's like I'm, I'm, I'm doing my job. And then after that, it's a whole nother job to kind of keep the whole legs under the whole Australia story. Um, and so when they when they got ready to interview me, I was just like, you know, take a couple bags of soul pop wear your shirt. Um, and really promote the, the, brand, the brand and the business. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're still a small company and we're trying to grow. Um, so this would be a great market, marketing opportunity that we don't have to pay for. You know, free marketing is something that, you know, everybody should take advantage of. Yeah. Um, and, so I, and so I do the interview. Um, and then literally after the interview, it just blows up even more. Um, my, my followers went from, I think, from the beginning of the whole thing, I was at 700 followers. I think today I'm at like 7,000, almost 8,000 followers. Um, and literally 90% of them are all Australian. <laughs> so you are truly Australia's people's prime minister, the people. I'm, I'm, I'm truly the people's prime minister. I'm like, even, even now, since we've been on, on, on the interview, um, my phone has been going off with tweets and, and stuff from people in Australia right now, just sending me different stuff. Um, but it, it's, it's been a cool experience, man. We've gotten, I've been contacted by, um, Amazon Australia. So they just started their platform in Australia in 27, December, 2017, and they don't currently have any U.S. grocer products on that channel. Um, well, they reached out to us in lieu of the story. And now they want to make an exception and make Soul Pop the first U.S. grocer on the channel in Australia. Yeah. And then on, on, on top of that, uh, H-E-B here in Texas reached out to me. Um, they caught the story in The New York Times. And so we're supposed to be meeting with them soon to kind of talk about how we can get Soul Pop into a couple of H-E-B stores here in Texas. Mm, what's H-E-B? AGB, it's like our, lo- our local grocery store. So uh, I, don't, I don't know which y'all's local grocery store in, in like a Kroger's or Randall's or. Okay, yeah, Kroger's, Harris Teeter. That's what we got down here, Harris Teeter, Food okay, Lion. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what it is in Texas. Man, that's crazy. That that's that's phenomenal. We're gonna get into Soul Pop um, later in the show, man. But I guess before we kind of take a step back, man, how was it? How has it been though? Like over the last couple of weeks, like dealing not 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 just dealing with it, but. Is is just the have to sell the same story over and over again, and just keeping it fresh for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been fun, man. I, uh, you know, I've, I've embraced the opportunity. It's been a great experience too. I mean, I've even met some phenomenal people through the experience. Um, you know, even having conversations with people I never thought I'd talk to. Uh, perfect example. Two, I, I want to say the week it happened on Twitter. Um, this, this this lady in Australia reached out and was tweeting me and, and saying something. And another guy kind of interjected and was like, you know, aren't you an atheist, you know, talking to her. And um, she was like, yeah, what's that have to do with anything? And he was like, well, you know, Peter's, you know, Peter's a Christian, isn't this and that. And something she said to me that I'm, I just can't forget. She was like, you know, one thing that people need to realize, it doesn't matter what you believe in, um, what you do. She's like, all that matters is if you're a good person. And I was like, man, 
I was like, that, that's kind of phenomenal when you think about it, because, you know, here's an atheist, somebody that believes in something totally different or doesn't believe in what I believe in. But, you know, she's showing love to me and appreciation to me and also telling somebody else it doesn't matter what you believe in. All that matters is if you're a good person. You know, we can get along, you know, gay, straight, black, white, Christian, non-Christian, whatever. But if we're as long as we're good people at heart, because that's what's going to, you know, give us that ability to bond and, and share in one another's company without even worrying about what they believe in or what they do outside of outside of your presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was just real phenomenal that she said that. And I was like, man, for, for me to be even agreeing with an atheist on a point that she's making <laughs> was, just, was just a phenomenal thing to me. Uh, but it, it, it's been great, man. I haven't I haven't uh, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, like I said, it, it, it's not anything that I've gotten tired of necessarily explaining. I, I mean, I think the the part that was more overwhelming was just the week of it, having so many media outlets reaching out and having to do so many different interviews and things like that and, and forgetting to eat during those times <laughs> <laughs> and all that that came with it. I was, that's what I told my wife. I was like, you know, the celebrity life isn't for me because I, I I wouldn't be able to, to, to last and do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a different breed. Well, at least at least it take eight eight pounds off now because I know a lot. I mean, I've seen some of my friends when they get they, they, their wives or their spouses or their girlfriends having babies and they blow up. So yeah. <laughs> at, at least you had ability to do that, man. <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to stay away from, man. I still I still hoop probably two or three times a week, so I'm trying to I'm trying to stay in the gym and, and keep that going before baby girl gets here and has to take most of it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the crazy thing about it is one thing I've always admired about your persona online, even in person, is just that it's such a a happy spirit. Like it comes from even it just comes from like a. You know, certain people just got a, a good buzz. They can put a good spin on stuff and it's like, boom. Cause I know I, I got a good buzz, but I mean, I try to sometimes it's deep. I'm just a deep guy at times, but right. it just feels like it's just very happy. Go. It just feels very happy. So I say that to say to set us up to how can let's, let's, let's work through your past, man. Let's work through the past to show the audience before soul pop, before the people's prime minister, before. Mm-hmm. Uh, corporate marketing and, and, and doing what you do or what you have done in corporate. And before I pray every day, before all that, man, who is Peter Dutton, man? And kind of walk us through your journey. Yeah, man. So, uh, so yeah, my journey started in, uh, in fifth ward, Houston, Texas. Um, I was raised in a single parent household, my mom and my, uh, my younger brother. So I'm the oldest of, of me and my brothers. And then my, my sister came when we were in high school. Um, but it started, started there, um, uh, early explain on. real quick for those that are not, um, familiar with it. Fifth Ward. Yeah. Fifth Ward area, um, Houston, Texas. That's, uh, the North side of Houston. Um, you know, that's where, you know, rap comes from, um, Jay Prince, um, really historic area of Houston. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's the hood, but it's, uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love it. Uh, it, it's my neighborhood. I, I rep it to the, to the death of me. Um, it really helped shape me and make me who I am. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of hard times, a lot of hard stories there, um, growing up there, you know, I, I've seen a lot of things. I saw a lot of things before I was even 18. Um, you know, a lot of people don't even see in their lifetime. Um, you know, saw my first dead body there when I was, I, I want to say 17. Um, you know, and it was, it was actually Christmas Eve. Uh, my mom used to take us to the south. We'd always have to go to the south side to look at Christmas lights. Uh, and so she would take us to the south side of Houston to look at Christmas lights. And uh, we came home. And shortly after we got home, uh, we we hear, you know, we heard gunshots and we look outside and there's a church that's catty corner from my mom's house. Um, and we can literally see the body from our doorway laying at the front of the, the church steps. And um, 
the story ended up coming out that there was the club down the street. The guy got into it with some guys at the club and he uh, he ended up running down the street from when they chased him down and shot him right there in front of the church. Um, you know, but, you know, just little stuff like that happened. But uh, but I mean, I, would, I wouldn't change it for the world, man. We, uh, you know, we grew up, you know, one, one of the things I always say about my mom is she's truly my hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as a, as a 31 year old man, I can look back now and understand, like, you know, we were really poor at some times, but we never really understood it or saw it for that because she always kept her head high and and you know it didn't it didn't seem like it does you know there were there were days when we the, the lights were off and we'd have to you know light the hallway up with candles or, or get dressed in, in with candles in our closet and you know there were days when we didn't have hot water to take baths but it just didn't seem that we were poor because it was, I, I just assumed everybody was going through it i was yeah. like i was like we going through this i was like i'm sure everybody else is going through it so it's not you know i, I didn't see us as being you know poor without anything um, and then on the, on the flip side of it, she always made sure we had everything we wanted in life. Um, we never went without, um, the newest game or, 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 or anything our hearts desired. Cause she always made sure that we had it. Um, I always wanted to understand, understand that we could attain it. Um, and, 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 you know, she, she would work two or three jobs to make sure it happened, but, you know, raising four boys, um, was, was no easy task. You know, yeah, four it, brothers. Yeah, man, I got three. So I'm, I'm the oldest and there's three young, three younger ones. Um, and then, like I said, my baby sister, she came when we were in high school, but for the longest, it was just my mom and me and my four, my three younger brothers. Wow. Um, and then, um, you know, so then, uh, I, I, uh, you know, growing up was good. We went to high school. I went to high school, Booker T. Washington high school, Houston, Texas. Um, you know, went there, um, uh, became, you know, really prominent basketball player there. I was, I was starting varsity my 10th grade year. Um, that same year, I think that was the year Milby went to state and won state. Uh, they were like 49 and oh, they were in our district. Uh, my breakout game was against them, actually. Um, scored like 27 points that game. Really put my name on the map in Texas. Um, so really was making a name for myself basketball-wise. In 10th grade? In the 10th grade, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so uh, junior year comes, you know, still building on the, on the basketball talent. Um, and so my, my whole thing, my whole life um, has always been basketball. You know, I, I was always like, man, I'm, I was always one of those dudes that had that dream. When people ask me, like, what you going to do when you grow up? I was like, oh, I'm going to be a basketball player. Yeah, I'm going um, to the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, what else you going to do? I was like, I don't know. But basketball is probably going to be it. And uh, so I got to high school. Uh, and one of, the, one of the things that a bunch of chicks I went to high school would always make fun of me for is my freshman year at Booker T. They were like, you know, when we had to stand up in front of class, talk about yourself, this and that. They would say, you know, Peter, the first thing you said was I'm here for basketball. And they were like, we thought you were weird because all you kept talking about was basketball. <laughs> and so, I mean, even like chicks were trying to, you know, date me, this and that. And I always told them, I was like, nah, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm focused on basketball, basketball. And uh, so my junior year came around, um, you know, got a girlfriend that year, one of the cheerleaders. And, uh, you know, still playing basketball, still doing my thing. So fast forward to my senior year. Um, so senior year, I'm ruled ineligible um, due to a technicality that happened um, my freshman year. Um, with classes and grades and stuff like that. So I, I wasn't able to play my senior year. I was wow. Still, yeah. And that, that, that really took a toll on me because I had all, I, you know, I, I played basketball all my life and basketball was basically my guiding light for school. I knew I had to stay in school and stay focused on school in order to play basketball. And so that's kind of what kept me focused on it all through my life. So then I, I get here with this my senior year and I'm just, you know, I'm kind of dumb. I don't really, I'm angry and I don't really know what to do. Um, and so that's kind of where things start to start to change for me. Um, you know, I start hanging out with a bunch of the homies from from the neighborhood, um, just really living life on the, you know, on the fast side, you know, not really worried about, you know, um, the consequences of those things, not really worried about, you know, 
you know, just, you know, doing whatever, you know, like uh, Kendrick Lamar song, you know, you know how he talks about with the homies when I'm with the, I'm like, you know, that was the epitome of, of, of my high school to, to middle of my college years. Um, you know, I just kind of started going off the, the wrong path, basically. Um, funny story in high school. So when uh, what I want to say it was April of our senior year. So during, I don't know if y'all do this in North Carolina. So when you're a senior during testing days for like the juniors or sophomores, you don't really have to be at school until the afternoon, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, so they told all of us we had to be at school. So we all decided to meet at the school that morning. And uh, one of my homies, uh, he, uh, he lived in the neighborhood of Kashmir high school. And so he was like, Hey, let's all, you know, link up. We'll go to Kashmir. We'll talk to these chicks and then we'll get them to come with us to my house. And, you know, I'm not even, you know, I'm, I don't even think twice about it. I'm like, cool, that's cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll go over there. We'll go buy some chicks. We'll take a little crib. We'll chill, whatever. And so, boom. So I, and so that day, I, I happened to drive my mom's expedition to school. The expo. The expo, right? And so uh, and so I'm, I take my truck. And then my, my other homie, LeBom, he drives a truck as well. So he's like, I'm going to bring my truck, too. So we're like eight or nine deep headed to Kashmir. And this is like. 10 o'clock in the morning. Cashmere is definitely still in school. Like everybody's in class. And so, you know, in, in retrospect, I'm like, this is the dumbest thing we could have done. <laughs> but, you know, as a kid, you know, I'm like, yeah, let's go do it. And so we, uh, so we pull up at the school. Now, see, I was always, so I always told myself, I was always, you know, said I was, I was a smart criminal. Like I always, in ret- like whenever I got myself into a situation, I was already planning my way out of the situation <laughs> before we got into it. Right. And so we get there and immediately I realize the first problem is cashmere. They're, they're in uniform. So they wear red shirts and khaki pants. Well, Booker T, we didn't have uniform. So I'm t- we pull up at the campus. We're in jerseys. Dude's got, <laughs> dude's got on tall tees, Tim's like we just we just stick out like a sore thumb. And so we get on campus. We, we go by one of the classrooms. Um, Damn, that's crazy. One of my homies that passed away a year ago. Canel. Oh, he was he was there. We, he was one of the first people people we saw at Cashmere. Uh, we saw him in his classroom. So he came out the classroom. And he was like, hey, "I'll walk y'all around." And so we start walking around, uh, you know, seeing different homies in classrooms. And so there's like a T hallway, and we're walking one way. Well, at the other end of the hallway that we're about to pass, there's the principal, the the campus security, and like two other teachers, like just kind of in a huddle talking. And so they see us down down the hallway, and immediately their first thing they're like, "Hey, all y'all stop right there." What are y'all doing? And so we all look at each other. Now, the entire time we've been walking through the school, in the back of my mind, I'm creating a map on how to get back. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do I get back to the car? If anything goes, goes, goes wrong, how do I get back to this car and get out of this parking lot? And so we all look at each other and nobody, you know, nobody planned on going to the principal or go to campus security. So we all break out running. And so half of us go the way where I'm going, which is straight back to the car. Because I'm like, one first thing is, I can't let moms know that I had this car at a whole nother high school during school hours. And that's going to be all, not the expo, not the big boy. <laughs> oh, I'm going I'm to I'm be getting beaten until next week. If, <laughs> I, if, if I got to tell that this truck was somewhere other than school, right? And so, uh, so I boom, I, I, I go out the door. We go to go through the stairwell, uh, make it back to the truck. Me and like three other homies make it to the truck. With the other four, they ran somewhere else. <laughs> and so we make, we make it to the truck and I drive out the parking lot. And uh, I'm like, okay. Well, you know, and I'm like, I can't leave the rest of them. And so I'm trying to figure out because they didn't make it back to the bomb's truck. His truck was parked by mine. Uh-huh. So and so I'm like, man, how do we how do I how do I help them get out? So this is around the time when Nextel phones are really, uh, really hype where everybody's using the church. Yeah. And so uh, one, of, one of my homies, Pot, he, he hit me on the Nextel church. He was like, hey, he's like, hey, we're over here by the train tracks. Can y'all pull up over here and, and pick us up? And I was like, yeah, cool. I was like, we'll, we'll, we'll come through, pick y'all up. 
And uh, so it's, just, it's I'm talking this tall woods and weeds and everything. It's like probably nine feet of weeds and woods and everything. And so I pull up by the train track and I, and, and I, I you know, I text him back and I'm like, I don't see y'all. And I'm, I'm, I was like, I'm parked by the train track. Bro, they come running out of there like like literally like free slaves. I'm talking about all you see is all you see is a bunch of brothers just running through the weeds, coming to the car. They all dive in the expedition. And uh and so then we're trying to figure out how to go back and get LeBomb's truck without the uh the campus police oh. actually, actually knowing or seeing us. And uh I was like, man, we'll just we'll just you know wait for a minute, let it die down, let them think we've leave, we've left, and we'll pull back into the parking lot, get this truck, and then we'll bounce. And so we wait probably like five, ten minutes, and then we pull, we try to pull back in. Yeah, just waited five, ten? We waited five, ten, G. I was like, I can get out of there. I was like, I, can't. I was like, because the next thing was, I was like, well, if we can't get his truck, then we're going to have to take my truck, and he'll have to come back and get his later. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, man, okay, I'm listening. I'm, I'm intrigued. All right, what happened? And, and, and so we pulled back in that driveway. So at Cashmere, to get into the parking lot, there's a long, it's probably like 40 yards of a driveway that you got to drive down, and then you turn right into the parking lot. Well, the truck is in the parking lot to the right. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to pull in the driveway. And so as I pull into the, the long driveway part, I recognize another car that's kind of waiting, like facing me towards uh, towards where we're trying to come in. Well, they take their car and they kind of like slab it, like kind of catty corner it on the uh, uh. block and block in the way. But I can tell it's not the school because, it, you know, we got 22s on it. It's an old school box Chevy. Like it's a slab. So I'm like, OK, this must be somebody else. And so they pull in and one of the dudes hops out the car on that side. And so I'm looking. I can't really hear what he's saying. But one of the homies in the car with me recognized him. I was like, oh, I, I know who that is. And I was like, OK. And so this so my homie pot, he's he you know, he's the firecracker of the crew. He's a you know. You know, he's he's currently in, in, in prison, but that, that's a whole nother story, uh, you know, but he he he's a firecracker of the crew. So, so he recognized and I, and I specifically told him, I was, hey, I was like, whatever you do when you get out, just, you know, just talk to him. Tell him, hey, we're trying to get the truck. We're not trying to you know do anything else. We're just trying to get the truck and go back home. Right. And so uh, he hops out. First thing he does is just start yelling demands. He was like, if y'all don't move that car, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, I just told you to do that. I was like, you starting a whole new thing and we're not going to be able to get the truck. <laughs> and so literally, G, as he says that, it was almost like a it was almost like a uh, a signal for the rest of the other cats homies to come out of school. So at this time, it's like 30 dudes run out of the school and are like surrounding his car where he is on the other end of, of, of the driveway. And so at this time, I'm like, all right, I was like, first of all, we outnumbered. It's only eight of us, and it's about 30 of them. I was like, so whatever they talking about doing, I was like, we're not talking about doing. Uh, and so the dude ends up, he, he's pointing at us, pointing, 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 and then he says something, and he goes to the trunk of his car. And so where I'm from, when dudes go to the trunk of the car, you already know what's up. Like, you, yeah. know, they, you know they're going to get the thing, and they, you know, this and that. So he goes to the trunk and literally comes back around from the trunk of his car, pointing the pistol down the driveway towards us. Bruh. And I'm like, hold on, bro. I was like, I know, I know this ain't happening. So I, I immediately just put the car in reverse. My, I mean, my homie's still hanging out the door. I put it in reverse. I'm like, bro, we gotta go. And so I start backing up. Dude starts shooting towards the expo. I'm backing up. Down. I'm backing up down. That's a narrow driveway too. So I'm backing up down the driveway, trying to stay straight, trying not to hit the ditch on the side and get us out the parking lot. So I'm backing up, backing up. I finally get out. I, I barely clip the ditch, but we don't flip over anything. We, we, we come out on the street. Bro, we come out on the street and I'm gunning it down the street to get us get us out the neighborhood. Well, the other cats, they jump in their car that was in, in, in another car and they're following us. 
And so they chasing us through the neighborhood. And so instinctively, I was like, bro, I was like, we got to get out the neighborhood, get on the freeway. I was like, one thing I know is like, we get on the freeway. They're not going to be, you know, shooting at us, doing stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. right? so, and so one of my other homies was like, no, nah, go through the neighborhood. I can tell you some back ways. I was like, bro, we go through these back ways, end up with them. They end up shooting this truck or shooting one of us in the truck. And so, uh, and so I was like, I'm not listening to that. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally going like 70 through the neighborhood, G. And I get to, uh, I finally get to the entrance of the freeway and I get on the freeway. And I'm like, bro, we just gonna have to go back to school and then we'll come back and get, uh, get the truck later. Uh, long story short, my, uh, my, 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 one of my other homies, he ends up, uh, one of the OGs of our neighborhood. He was like, I'll go back over there with y'all and get it. So he goes back over there, come to find out the dudes that were blocking us in, they thought we were there to mess with one of their girlfriends. They, they assumed that we were one of the dudes that had been talking to their girlfriend or something like that and thought we were there to charge them up about the girl. So just a whole misunderstanding that almost led to somebody getting, getting shot, wow. getting killed. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, but I mean, that, that, those type of things just kind of started happening for me. Um, <laughs> what? That's some crazy. I couldn't even imagine. Bruh. Yeah, man. Like that, that, that's, that's, I mean, I got stories for days like that, man. But, but then, so, so high school, I, I graduated high school, man. And, uh, so my, my girlfriend at the time, she's going to, uh, to North Texas, uh, UNT. Uh, and then, and so I'm like, you know, you know, just, you know, young and in love. I'm like, okay, I'm going to Denton too. I'm going to North Texas. Now I should have went to, you know, uh, a JUCO or D2 because I still want to play basketball, but I was, I was really confident in myself. I was like, you know what? I can walk on at UNT and I'll be all right. You know, I was like, the, you know, I got the skills to walk on, you know, it'll, it'll be cool. So I, I get to UNT, um, you know, I go meet the coaches, talk to them, this and that. They're like, yeah, you know, we, we, because I sent them like some tape or something. They're like, we've seen you this and that. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep you engaged on the walk on process. And cool. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have a chance to, you know, start my basketball dream again. And, you know, like I said, I've always used basketball to keep me focused in school. So tri- trials come for basketball, um, you know, and it's between me and this other kid, uh, you know, white kid, Andrew. He was good, too, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't good as me. Uh, and, and, and so I'm thinking I got a fair shot. The whole team, like I, I you know, I had met the whole team. You know, they were, you know, I, I was working out with the team before trials. Like I, they, I would come to their private gym sessions where they, it was just a team, but they would let me play with them. Um, you know, they were vouching for me to be on the team. Well, come to find out, the other kids' mom used to date one of the coaches. Oh. So I didn't, even, I didn't have a fair shot from the jump, but I didn't, I didn't know this. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, you know, results come out. I don't make the team. You know, they asked me if I want to be in the practice squad. I was like, cool, but I really, you know, I wasn't interested in that because I was like, I want to be on the team. Uh, and so, boom, so that happens. And I'm like, all right, you know, basketball is not happening again. And college, you know, one, one thing I tell all my young homies, I'm like, don't go to college with a girlfriend. Like, it's just not, you know, you, you, you don't want to go to college with a girl. Um, so college starts to take off for me um, from a from a popularity standpoint, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the cool guy, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the basketball team. I'm cool. I'm living in the athlete's dorm with the football team. Um, cool with all the Greeks, cool with, you know, cool with everybody, just a cool guy, you know, so everybody knew, you know, Peter was, you know, cool guy. Right. And, um, and so then we start, you know, I'm, I start, you know, living a completely party hangout, wreck, not going to class lifestyle in, in college. Like, you know, my, my whole thing in college was, you know, I, I register for classes and then I find any reason to drop that class and put some money in my pocket before it was too late. <laughs> uh-huh. so, so, I mean, me and one of my homies, we, we had a, a, a I want to say it was a, a psychology class together. Well, we walked in the, the first day and the the professor had like this, this, this dialect that we couldn't really understand. And we looked at each other and I was like, I can't really understand what he's saying. 
He was like, me either. I was like, well, I guess we got to drop the class. So we go straight to the registrar's office, literally drop the class for that, you know, get the refund checked for the class, boom, put it in our pockets, uh, you know. But, I, I mean, we were just living completely oblivious to focus, being focused on school. We were just, you know, focused on everything else outside of school and what we were there for. Um, start throwing parties, uh, you know, with, with Toby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So I started throwing parties with Toby, man. We, we started doing, he was doing the Monster Jam like the year before I got there. And so I got there, you know, me and Toby hit it off. You know, we were, you know, two peas in a pod, like inseparable down there at, at UNT. And uh, he, uh, so we started doing the Monster Jams, man. You know, party was a huge party, man. Huge, they would rent out a mansion and uh, we just throw huge house parties. And, uh, you know, the whole school would come, the football teams, the Greeks, everybody would come. And it was just a really good time. Um, but, you know, still not focused on school at all, man, not going to class, not doing anything I'm supposed to be doing in college at all. Um, focused on the girls, focused on everything else outside of that. Um, and so I end up getting to the point to where I'm like, OK, I need I was I was more focused on money in college than I was focused on my college, getting my college degree. Um, and so, like, I started working at the local finish line. Uh, you know, that that wasn't paying much of anything. Then I started doing overnight stocking at Walmart. That wasn't paying anything. And so now I was like, man, OK, all right. I'm tired of asking mom, you know, to send me money um, for pizza, for food, this and that. You know, I got to start, you know, doing some of my own to pay my rent and, 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 and afford to eat. And so me and my uh, one of my homies at the time uh, and I, I know my mom is going to kill me for this when she hears it. But uh, me and one of my homies at the time decided you know what, let's just start selling weed. We were like, you know, we were like, man, we got, we got enough friends that smoke that, you know what I'm saying? With our popularity, we could just start selling and become everybody's plug. And that's how we'll, that's how we'll pay our rent. And he was like, cool. And so I was, and I didn't know anything about selling. Like I ain't never sold, like I, I'll never try to present myself as some, you know, person that grew up selling weed or this and that, like around it at all. Like I, I didn't even, I didn't even, hadn't even seen weed until I got to college. I didn't know what it looked like. And, uh, and so boom, he was like, yeah, cool. He's like, I know a guy that can help us get, you know, get a pound. We can, you know, break it down and sell it, this and that. And I'm like, cool. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just going going along with it, you know, just, just yep. free spirit, just, just, you know, whatever. And so we, uh, you know, we boom, we ride, to, we ride with him to, uh, to Arlington, pick it up, bring it back, uh, you know, and then we just, you know, start selling. So one thing I, we always said was, you know, uh, we always quoted Jeezy, which was never, ever serve him where you sleep at. <laughs> And so we were like, man, we can't sell it from the house because if we sell it from the house, then we don't, you know, we never want people to think that this is where it's coming from. And so we lived uh, on the street where we had like a beer barn and it was like a little, like kind of like a little 7-Eleven style barn um, that, that, that sold like drinks and, and snacks and stuff like that. Yeah. And so we, we, so we were like, okay, what we'll do is we'll walk, we'll always tell people to meet us at the beer barn and we'll walk down the street from the house with it and meet them there and then come back to the house so that people never kind of confuse um, or never kind of know that that's where it's coming from. And so we ended up, we, we were like, well, how are we going to carry it? Because what if, you know, what if the cops stop us or whatever? Um, cause police were really bad in Denton. Like I, I, I went to jail three times in Denton alone. Um, in those three and a half years, I was at UNT. Goodness gracious. Uh, and, and, and so what we decided was we, 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 we went to the smoke shop and they sold these Arizona tea cans that were empty. Um, but it looked like an Arizona can. And so you could twist the cap off. And so we twist the cap off and put like probably, you know, 10, 15 um, dime bags in the can and take it with us to the to the to the uh, beer barn. And that's how we meet people and serve people. Um, so we did that for like a month. And then I was like, bro, I was like, first of all, it's getting too out of hand. <laughs> I was like, second of all, I was like, if my mother ever finds out that I'm doing this in college, 
I was like, I ain't going to never hear the last of it. And if I go to jail for it, it's just going to be a whole nother thing. And so like after the, after that month, I was like, bro, we just got to quit. We just, you know, go back to working, um, doing what we can do to pay the rent. But, uh, but I, I can't sell weed anymore because it's just getting too hot. I mean, somebody, when, I think somebody actually showed up at our house one day looking for, you know, trying to get something out. And that was the day I was like, all right, see, it's gotten too far. To people, are, people, people are starting to send people to our house now to get it. I'm like, no, 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 bro. We got to cut, we got to cut it off now before, before we get caught or get, you know, cause this ain't even us, you know So we just experiment trying to pay our rent, but this ain't even what we normally do. Um, and so, we, you know, we, we stopped doing that. Um, and then so I got I was I was headed to a uh, I was headed to a party with Toby, actually. <laughs> He's in the front seat. So I, I used to drive a, a 98 Buick Park Avenue. It was my slab. You know, it was my first car. Slab. Why, so side note, why do people call it a slab in Texas? What does that mean? Slab. slab. It stands for slow, slow, loud and banging. Um, oh, wow. I'm getting educated now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So slaps, so, you know, it's, it's a big body car. Um, I was supposed to put rims on it, put my beat in there, but I, I never got around to doing any of that. I just had the, the windows tinted with my screen and the dash. Um, and uh, so, I, you know, I, I took that to UNT with me. So we're headed to uh, the first phone party of the school year. And uh, I don't know if y'all have phone parties uh, in college, but th- th- those those were the parties, bro. The uh-huh. phone, yeah. The phone, you didn't want to miss the phone parties. And so we headed to the phone party. And I knew I had a warrant from a ticket that I, you know, it's funny. I heard your last uh, podcast. I don't know if it was the last one with the gentleman talking about how he couldn't pay the ticket. And oh, he got yeah. A Seth, and got, yeah. yeah. And so literally, that's not, that literally what happened to me. I, I got a ticket when I first got there, hadn't paid it, couldn't pay it, and it turned into a warrant. So a cop pulls me over and he comes to the car and he, he you know, asks all of us for our ID, uh, ask if anybody has warrants. And I'm just, you know, just lying through my teeth like, no, no, sir, no warrants, no nothing. And so he's like, he's like, all right, well, we're going to run this and I'll be back. And uh, you know, everybody always tells stories about that second cop car pulling up. Man, you sitting there chilling. You're like, hold up, man. It's been like five <laughs> minutes, seven, Bruh. eight. You see more. I'm like, oh, dang, 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 dang. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, hold on. I was like, and, and, and I didn't even know at the time. Like, you don't, you don't know what the second cop car is for. I'm thinking it's just a cop passing by trying to see what's going on. So second cop car pulls up. The cop comes back to the car. He's like, uh, Mr. Dunn, can you step off for me? Oh. <sighs> And I'm like, uh, so I'm still not knowing what's about to happen. I'm like, oh, okay, you must want to search the car or something. And so I get out and dude was like, put your hands on your back. I was like, for what? <laughs> he was like, so you got a warrant. He was like, so uh, we're going to have to take you in tonight. He's like, your buddies can take the car. And I was like, no, 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 no. And so in my mind, I'm like, only thing I'm worried about, I'm not even worried about going to jail. I'm like, I'm worried about the phone party. And so, and so I tell Toby, I was like, hey, I was like, Toby, take my debit card go to the ATM, follow us to the station. And, and come and bail me out so that I can come to the phone party. I was like, you know, I was like, we're still making it time to, to the phone party. And so Toby was like, yeah, 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 bro. And so <laughs> I get to the station, you know, they book me and everything. I'm laying there, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my cot or whatever, laying there or whatever. And I'm, I'm just counting. I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, Toby's about to pull up any minute now, uh, bail me out, and I'm going to the phone party. Bro, hour goes by. I'm like, man, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, man, Toby must really be, uh, they must really be grilling him up there to, to get me out or whatever. And I, you know, this is my first time, so I don't really understand the process or anything like that. And, uh, and he was like, uh, he was like, nah, he was like, uh, no, no. So I was like, man, if, if, if another hour passes and I'm, I'm like, I don't have a way to count time. So I'm just thinking in my head, like, you know, trying to, trying to envision like what time it is. And, uh, if I was like, if another, if another hour passes, you know, then I'm just go to sleep and then I'll, I'll you know, he'll come get me eventually. Bro, I close my eyes and go to sleep. Next thing I know, it's six thirty a.m. in the morning, and I hear the, the the guard person come in, opens the door, and he's like, "Done, it's time for you to go." 
And I, I wake up and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, I, at this, I don't even know it's six thirty in the morning. I'm I'm thinking I fell asleep and it's still time for the phone party. <laughs> and so I come out and the next door I walk out, I can see the sunlight outside. And I'm like, hold on, bro, it's the morning. And I come outside and Toby's posted up on my car. And uh, so I get outside. I was like, hey, bro, I was like, what happened to come to give me last night? He's like, <laughs> He was like, he's like, bro. He's like, there's no way we we're going to get you last night. He was like, and it, he was like, and it didn't make sense for all of us to miss the phone party. He was like, <laughs> the party was live. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> no we would have been scrapping out there. I, like, I went to the party. <laughs> I was like, I went to the party, bro. He was like, yeah. He was like, it wouldn't no sense in all of us missing the party. He was like, but I'm here this morning, though. He was like, so, so you out now? I was like, all right, bro. But uh, but yeah, man. And then. The, the the final time I went to, to to jail in North Texas, man, was 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 the the, the craziest time. Me and my uh, me and my boy uh, who who actually went to college, played basketball with uh, RJ. Uh, we went to another friend's house. This was during the I want to say it was during the two thousand had to be like the two thousand eight or two thousand nine playoffs. I remember it was the Celtics playing. I like. I feel like I feel like it was Celtics either playing Lakers or Celtics playing Cavs somehow um, on TV. But uh, he had a studio at his house, so we you know we just go to his house. Uh, you know we you know get on the, get on the mic. Uh, you know blaze a little bit, whatever, and um, you know we just you know whatever. And so we we we're there for like two three hours recording songs. Just you know fooling around on the mic in the studio, whatever. And uh, so we leave, and as we leave, we pull out the parking lot, and literally we made a right, and not even. 10 seconds after we make a right and undercover Impala pulls up behind us. And uh, I'm like, man, what? I was like, what do we do? I was like, we just pulled out the parking lot. What's the problem? And uh, and so the, the cop pulls up and he's like, hey, uh, get out the car. And so we get out and he was like, we, we know y'all are coming from a known drug dealer's apartment. And, you know, we're trying to, we, we, we know y'all bought some weed from him. And so first thing we were the first thing me and him thought we was like, first of all, we didn't bond a weed because we already smoked it all before we, you know, <laughs> before we came out of there. Mm-hmm. I was like, so we don't have anything on us. And uh and so the cop was like, okay, we're gonna search the car anyways. And so uh and he was like, We also need y'all's IDs. So they check our IDs. Well, him me and him both had a warrant from a house party we had thrown about six, seven months before that, that we it was like a noise violation that we just didn't didn't pay or whatever. And um so he pulls us out the car. He's like, oh, well, now we see both of you have warrants. So we have to take y'all in and we get to search the car since y'all have warrants. And so we knew at the time there was no weed in the car. Well, the other thing was we had a gun in the car. Oh, and we so we the one of my homies, uh, Jermaine Dawson, he got killed at UNT um, probably like I want to say a couple, probably two or three months before this incident. And so, and and it really shook everybody at the school to the core because we were, I was with, I was just with Jermaine, like probably two days before he got killed. Um, He was selling like uh, Ibizu jeans, red monkey. He was, he was like selling uh, fashion and clothes out of his trunk. Well, he went to meet some guys in, uh, I want to say, I don't know what little town it was outside of, outside of Dallas, but they set him up um, and they shot him and killed him. Uh, and so, you know, it, me and the homies were like, man, you know, that if it could happen to Jermaine, it could happen to any of us. And so we really just kept it for protection. It was, it was just a small little 22, um, and we had like two bullets in it. Because uh, it, it was really just for protection. If anything ever hit the fan, we needed to protect ourselves. Well, we forgot that it was in the car, in the little uh, armrest in the back seat where I was sitting. And so the cops are searching the car, searching the car, and then the cop pulls that down and sees the gun, and he yells out, gun. And so when he yells, gun, his partner that's standing with us two, with, with the two of us, he pulls his gun out and points it at both of us. 
And he was like, don't y'all move. And in my head, I'm like, first of all, y'all got us both in handcuffs and we're sitting on the sidewalk. I was like, where are we going to go? I was like, so what you, I was like, what you, what you pull the gun up for? He was like, shut up talking. He was like, both of y'all stay right there. He was like, he was like, y'all told us nothing's in the car. And so the whole time, me and my, me and my boy, we both acting oblivious to the gun. Like, we don't even know who. I was like, a gun? I was like, what gun? And my, and my buddy's doing the same thing. He's like, a gun? I don't understand, you know, where, where, where a gun came from. And he was like, well, sitting in the backseat with you, he's talking to me. I was like, sir, I, was like, I don't know what, what gun you're talking about, this, this, and that. And so we're like, okay, cool. It's like, we're going to take both of y'all in and the gun. And so my other buddy who was with us, he didn't have a warrant or anything. And so he got to drive the car home. And so they take us in two separate cars. They take me in the undercover car. I mean, I'm in the front seat of the Impala in that car with uh, one of the cops. And then they put him in this actual squad car that pulled up. And so the whole way to the precinct, they're taking me, you know, he's asking me, like, whose gun was it? And I'm telling the whole time, like, I don't really know, you know, what gun you're talking about. I was like, I've never seen a gun in that car. I don't know what you're talking about. This and that. And my buddy's telling the same. So they get us down there. They put us in separate cells, too, because they don't want us, you know, talking about it or whatever. And then uh, I find out from uh, uh, the cop, he, he, he came in and he, he told me, he was like, hey, he was like, so we're going like, to run the gun. He was like, your buddy ended up telling us um, that it was his gun. Um, he, you know, he kind of told us a story about just having it for protection. He was like, so what we're going to do is he's going to run the gun. If it doesn't come back dirty or anything, then we'll just drop the we'll drop the charges regarding the gun. And we'll just, you know, book y'all in under your warrants so you don't have to worry about a gun charge. And I'm like, thank God that we don't have to deal with that because, you know, we, the gun had like two bullets in it already. So, you know, that's that's an additional you know charge on top of it for the uh, for the unlawful carry of a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, my buddy gets out, I get out, you know, and um, and, you know, like a month after that, he was like, bro, we got to we got to turn ourselves around. We got to do something different. He's like, you know, we keep getting all this trouble here. He was like he was like, let's go play college basketball. And uh, he was like, I got this coach um, down in in Waxahachie, Texas, um, which is probably like 45 minutes from Dallas. He was like, he wants to see me play. He was like, but he said, if, if, you know, if, if he likes me, he'll offer me a scholarship. And I was like, yeah, I was like, bro, that sounds great to me. Um, but during the time, you know, I, you know, I was still sort of in my relationship with my girl. And I was like, I don't really, you know, I'm not even thinking, thinking right. You know what I'm saying? Because I got a girl. And so I'm not, I'm not thinking about basketball at the time. So he leaves the school and he goes to play basketball. Uh, and, you know, he's having the time of his life. And I'm like, bro, that's exactly where I want to be and what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I just I just start praying about it real hard. I'm like, I'm like, God, if, 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 if this is what you have for me, if this is what I was like, I know my family's not going to be happy because I've spent three years at UNT uh, barely making it, you know, you know, having to, you know, apply for, you know, uh, uh, suspensions to be lifted so that I can stay in school. This and that, like all kind of stuff. And I was like, you know, if this is what you have for me, let it be. And so I go try out, um, you know, during the Christmas break, I go try out at school and the coach loves me. He's like, you know, Doug, he's like, you come down, he's like, get you on a partial scholarship to start off. He's like, then we can offer you more money. Um, we pay, we play all these schools, we travel, you know, the whole college basketball experience. And uh, so I tell my family about it and my family, they're not too happy about it. My mom was like, you need to finish school at UNT so you can get a job and get out of college. Um, my dad was like, you know, he was just like, you know, we'll do whatever you want to do. Um, but my brothers, they were like, bro, go play college basketball. They were like, this <laughs> yeah, they're going to ride. Yeah, they were like, this is something you've always wanted to do. Um, go play college basketball. So my brother, John, was like, he was like, you know what? I'll drive you down there and I'll take you to register for class. I'll make sure you get registered in the right classes, this and that. He's like, I'll make sure everything is legit for you. So you're, you're set and good to go. So he takes me down there, man. And that was the start of the change for me because what it did was it kept me from going home during the summer. So I wasn't going back to my neighborhood with my old homies and my old ways. I was staying at school, um, doing summer school and workouts for basketball. Um, and so that's kind of where things started to go back to 
the Peter Dutton that I always wanted to be and who I knew I was supposed to be um, and who God put me here to be. And so, you know, I play college basketball with him and, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm loving it. Like that's still one of the greatest decisions I've ever made personally for myself was to leave UNT and go play basketball at that small school because it, it gave me the memories and the fulfillment that I always wanted from um, college basketball. And so, you know, college basketball is, you know, over with, I think that was 2000, I think that was 2011 was my last uh, semester there. And I come home, um, I've been interning um, at this corporate, uh, corporate finance company, Virtus, and uh, they, they offered me a full-time position. And so I get the full-time position, um, you know, I'm back home in Houston. And so two of my homies, uh, you know, Alan and Pop, both of my, both of my guys, uh, both of them actually locked up now. But uh, they hit me when I came back home that time. And they're like, hey, bro, come, you know, you know, come holler. We haven't seen you in a while, this and that. And so, you know, these are my guys. So I'm like, OK, cool. So I get off work, you know, got my slacks on, my shirt. You know, I, uh, I go I, and he was like, hey, come meet me at this address. And so I pull up at the, at the address and, you know, it's a uh, it's a trap house. Mm. And uh, I pull up there. I go inside. I see my guys. You know, it's, you know, pills everywhere, money everywhere. You know, exactly what you would envision in a movie in a trap house is exactly what it looked like when I pulled up on. And uh, literally in that in that moment, you know, I'm sitting there talking to them. But I was like, man, I told myself, like, Pete, I was like, this is what you've moved on from. You can't go back to it because at any day now it could catch up to you and it'll change everything that you've been working towards to get behind you. Right. And uh, and so I, I chill with them for maybe 30 minutes, an hour. And I, I'm like, I got to bounce. And uh, I, I think that was probably the last time I saw both of them free. Um, you know, I, I still write them and talk to them, you know, almost every week. Um, my, my, my boy, Alan, I'm actually trying to help him get out now. I was, I was, you know, talking to a lawyer yesterday. He's up for a parole hearing in January. Um, but his mom is not doing too well from cancer. Mm. And so I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to help him get his, 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 his parole hearing expedited so he can get out and kind of have some time with his mom. Um, you know, as she goes through this difficult time. Um, but I, you know, I come back and, you know, I, uh, you know, it's, it's around 2013, beginning of 2013, well, uh, my brother-in-law, my sister's uh, husband, uh, Theron, you know, a guy that's really been in my corner, always been there for me, you know, really supported me through all my transitions of life. Um, you know, he was on dialysis uh, for, his, for his kidney. Um, well, he it was a Thursday. He was in the hospital. He went to the hospital to get checked up. Now, Theron, you know, he was like, you know, my guy, my my I always called him my big brother because he was literally like my big brother from the time my sister brought him around to, you know, to the time to the to, to the time he passed. Um, but I, I went to see him on a Thursday and um, that Thursday you know, and he was just sitting up and it was just, it, it seemed like it was just a regular checkup for him at the hospital because he was just sitting up with an IV in his arm, like no, no kind of, you mm-hmm. know, major or anything and i'm like you know i go visit him go see him and he's like yeah but he's like bro he's like we just you know just a little small checkup he was like i'll, I'll be out of here soon by the weekend um you know you know to 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 stay on y'all and this, this and that and i was like okay cool bro. i was like you know so i love you um i'll see you when you get out of here so that was that friday i think it was friday that friday afternoon i get a call from my dad uh, and, and my dad doesn't just, you know, regularly just call me out the blue. So I'm like, what's he calling from over for an afternoon? And I'm sitting at my desk in Houston and he calls me and he says, uh, and, and I can hear it in his voice. And the first thing he says, is like, you got to get to the hospital now. And I'm like, what's happening? And he literally says, Theron just died. Mm. And I'm like, hold on. I was like, I just saw there. I was like, you know, I, I, and it, it shook me to my core. Like, it was like, 
it was like, how, how could, you know, Darren, you know, he has, has a daughter, has a son, you know, just a stand up guy, like really took care of his family, took care of his kids. Like even my homies, like when they would come around, he'd take care of them, make sure they were good. Like just, you know, all around good dude, somebody who I even want to be like, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, hold on. And, and I just, it just, I just broke down. I, I couldn't control myself. because I was like, I don't know how this would happen to somebody like that. And I, that was, the, that was the one time in life where I was almost mad at God because I was like, how can you take Darren away? I was like, you know, there's so many other people in the world that aren't doing what he's doing for the world, aren't doing what he's doing, he's doing for the family. How could you take him away? Um, and, you know, he, he passed away. And that was, I want to say that was January of, of 2013. And so when that happened for me, that that was kind of the eye opener to me that I was like, okay, you know what? If that could happen to Darren, that could happen to you. I was like, you know, if if if, if God and, and, and you know, we all know that we all know that, you know, we know we don't know, like, you know, Bible teaches, we don't know the day, you know, or, or the time that it'll come. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I strongly believe that. But, you know, we go through life not even understanding that and not even living like that. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we live thinking that we got, you know, till this time next week, till this time next year, till this time, you know, two, three years from now, which, is you know, which is good to think. But you really don't know that for sure. Um, and so, I, you know, I was like, bro, I was like, that could happen to him, it could happen to you. You really need to start living your life for you and, and, and doing the things that you want to do and the things you want to get out of life for yourself. And I, uh, and, and so I was like, cool. I was like, Peter, you know what you're going to start doing? You're going to start praying more. Um, first of all, I was like, I need, I need, I really need to get a uh, strong relationship with God and focus on that. Um, and maybe that will guide me to the next thing and next thing. And so, um, probably around, March or April of 20 uh, of 2013 was uh, I just started praying, praying, praying every single day. I just started praying. Well, one day in a prayer, literally the words pray every day to expect results just came to me while I was just in, in prayer. Wow. And, so, and I was like, I was like, hold on. I was like, pray every day to expect results. I was like, P-E-T-E-R. I was like, hold on. I was like, wait a minute. And, and, and like, like I tell everybody, like, I've never like pray every day to expect results was never a thing that I was just jotting down. Like, how can I make my name? <laughs> how can I turn my name into a cool acronym? I, did, I don't have a sheet of, 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 of a whole different bunch of plays I was trying to make or anything like that. It literally came to me and I wrote it. I still have the sheet of paper I wrote it on because I was like, I don't want to forget it. I was like, so I wrote it down on a sheet of paper and I just started doing it every day. That was just my mantra every day. I was like, make sure you pray every, whatever you do, whatever you're going through, just keep praying about it. Um, and so I, I shared it with my mom, shared it with my friends. And, um, and they were like, man, that's a, that's an awesome mantra. Um, you should, you know, you should, you should turn it into a business. And I was like, no, I was like, I just want to share it with people. I just want it to be something, you know, that, that everybody kind of use because it's, it's helping me to grow and help me to do things I need to do. And um, she was like, no, no, no. She was like, turn it into a business because that way you can really share and do this and that. And so I was like, cool. I was like, so, you know, I, I registered the LLC for it. I registered the trademark for it, did all these things for it and um, started sharing it. And, you know, that started taking off. You know, people started believing in the message and the mission. And I noticed in my own personal life, a lot of things started shaping up for me um, in a positive manner. You know, I, I got promoted at my job. Um, I, I moved out of my mom's house, I moved into my own apartment. Um, I, I, you know, all these things started shaping up for me. And then in August of that year, um, the, the company was looking to make an Austin office. And I was like, man, I was like, you know, you always talk about change. I always talk about what you want to do for yourself. You know, you, you love Austin. Austin has always been your second home because my, my, my mom's side of the family is originally from Austin. And I was like, you know, if, if the opportunity presents itself for you to go, you should go. And so my manager, you know, sent me emails like, hey, we got an opportunity in Austin. Do you think you'd be willing to relocate? Uh, would you want to go to Austin? And I was like, I was like, Peter, you've been looking for the change. Just, just go for it. And I was like, man, I was like, all right, I'll go to Austin. And I told my family, I told my friends, like, I'm going to Austin. You know, I'm moving to Austin. Um, oddly enough, the day I moved to Austin, 
is also my wife's birthday, who I hadn't met at the time. I didn't even know she existed at the time. Uh, wow. But it was August, August 18th, 2013 was when I moved to Austin. And that, that was that's her birthday, August 18th. Um, and so I, 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 I get to Austin um, and, you know, that's kind of the, 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 the U-Haul ride to Austin was me and my dog. Um, and that, that's probably the longest prayer I've prayed, um, ever was on the ride from Austin to Houston, which is like a two hour ride. And I just kept telling God, I was like, God, I was like, thank you for this opportunity. Now allow me to take it and move my feet to do the work you put me here to do, but also be the person you put me here to be. And I just kept saying that over and over again, like, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't be, because one of the, one of the things that I feel like a lot of people struggle with is that it, I don't, I don't know. It's like that too cool fact. It's like you're too cool to get outside of your comfort zone because you don't want to, first, you don't want to look stupid and you don't want to fail, but it's like, you know, you really don't know what you're capable of until you force yourself outside of that. Um, you know, and you know, people always talk about how everything's on the, on the outside of your comfort zone. Um, I can, I, I can testify wholeheartedly to that. If I, if I have stayed in Houston, none of the things that have happened for me, um, would have happened. I had to make that leap of faith to come to Austin and trust that there was going to be greater here. Um, but I, I get to Austin, I'm like, man, you know, start building your network, um, reach out to people that, you know, that you want to build with, that you, that you want to meet. Um, you know, even, even, um, you know, a couple of my, my, my homies now here in Austin, when I got here, I was just searching them out. I was just finding guys on, you know, through, you know, going to the gym or through Instagram and just guys in Austin that were doing things that I wanted to do and wanted to be around. And then I was just reaching out to them like, hey, you know, one of my one of my homies, George Keel, um, here in Austin, you know, he was working at Nice Kicks at the time. And then he kind of started he started his own uh, entrepreneur venture, uh, Koiski Media after that. But uh, he was a guy doing really great things here in Austin, he had his own um, colon cancer foundation, um, mm-hmm. Keel um, you know, which was uh, in in um, in honor of his mom who passed away from colon cancer. But I was like, bro, I just want to you know be around. I just want to you know uh, meet you and, and, and you know just really you know kind of you know soak in any info I can from you. This and that. You know, long story short, that was twenty you know fourteen. Um, him and I are now you know homie homies. Like we we hang out, text all the time, do stuff all the time. You know, I'm you know I've been supporting his foundation from the, from day one. He's been supporting prayer every day from day one. Uh, but you know, just really building that relationship. But it, it all took me being humble enough to say, George, I want to learn from you. I want to understand from you. Um, you know, same, same with you, G like, you know, when I first found, you know, when, when I, when I got to Austin, you know, I met a couple guys and they were like, what you should start doing is listening to podcasts. And they were like, you know, podcasts will change your life because you really get to understand, you really get to hear it from people who you don't know, but they're going through similar things and stories that will help you understand what you're going through, but also motivate you to keep going um, and doing the things you're doing. And uh, your podcast, this podcast right here is one of the first ones I found during wow. that month. And um, I, when I found the podcast, I was like, and I listened to a couple of your episodes. I was like, bro, I was like, there's no way that I shouldn't, I shouldn't be listening to this podcast all the time. I was like, the, 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 the stories that have been told on here, the people you've met, their, their stories, it's just all motivated me and kind of helped me shape myself into who I am now. Um, even even with you, I was like, man, I was like, I want I, I want to meet this guy. I you know that was that I, I wrote it down somewhere um, on my computer. Somewhere. I was like, it, it, it said uh, uh, reach out to G Hill, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, and so uh, and so like you said, I started hitting you up on Twitter. I started hitting you up on LinkedIn. Really just supporting, uh, but but I just really enjoyed what you were doing, and I wanted to 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 embrace it, it, understand it, learn from it, uh, but also um, you know reciprocate some of that energy for myself to you at the same time um it's just two black brothers trying to do something and change the world um you know in, in what we're doing and um you know i told myself i was like man one day it was it, it's crazy bro i was like one day i'll be on george's uh I, 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 i'll be on greg's podcast um uh, <laughs> and, and 
And so for the longest, I was I used to contemplate G. I was like, man, you know what? I'm gonna just email Greg and just be like, hey, bro, I think I should be on your podcast. And then uh, I was like, man, you know what? Don't email. I was like, let the work that you do make it so that George, I mean, so that Greg reaches out to you and says, okay, bro, I'm, I'm ready to have you on the podcast. And so I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I'll just keep moving my feet, doing the work, and doing what I need to do on my end. And when that opportunity comes, it'll come. I was like, and it'll be here. And then you know, we're sitting right here now doing the doing, doing the podcast. Um, but man, I mean, you know, I, I, I've been going on and on, but it's just, you know, all of it has shaped me to, to who I am now. Like you said, you know, the, the people's prime minister, um, is not who I was 10 years ago. The things I'm doing now, I, I wouldn't have been able to do 10 years ago. Um, if I hadn't made the conscious decision to change and really just started, um, you know, focusing on, on, on prayer and, and just, you know, really focusing on, on God's path and, and plan for me, man. Mm, man, that's, it's been phenomenal to hear you narrate your own journey and your own story man it's it's been very refreshing it's been it's been cool it's been life-giving and i i haven't had the need to even need to add anything because the story in itself is just phenomenal um but before we close i do want to focus on two key things before we get to the uh rapid fire round because i don't want to over overstep it one uh I want you to talk about first, I pray every day, man. And as far as, uh, how, how that's going and, and, and what that movement is for, for people that are not aware, kind of what that stands. For. I know people what it stands for, but what actually it serves. But also too, I do want to have a, uh, a small discussion about soul pop, man, because I definitely think that is something huge just on the wave. I was pissed yeah. because, uh, when I tried to order my, my flavors, man, they all sold out. I got to check again <laughs> to see if they also, they, they there because I, I, I would be remiss if we did not touch on soul pop individually on this podcast. But briefly, yeah. let's talk about our prayer every day, man. What's 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 new with that, man? And what is that for people that don't know? Yeah, man. So 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 our prayer every day is is um, just my social good movement, man. It's a uh, it's it's a movement where you know it's a simple daily reminder that we we all need to uh, you know have that that moment each day to pray. Um, you know, it really has served a great purpose in my life and, and those around me. Um, and so I, I started with these wristbands, um, as you kind of mentioned earlier. Um, and it just says pray every day to expect results. Um, and I kind of got the idea from Live Strong and the WWJD movement. Um, when that started out it, with the wristband form, I was like, okay, it'd be a great way for people to just kind of keep it on their wrist um, and remind them to pray every single day um, in their life, what they're going through. Um, but it, it's, been, it's been going great, man. Uh, you know, Victor Cruz um, is one of my one of my biggest supporters from from a celeb standpoint. Um, you know, his last two years of his career, he he wore his pray every day wristband faithfully in every game. Um, you, you know, you can look at his pictures from, from his games, from his, from, from those times. Um, and just my friends and family, man, you know, and the stories from them have really just made me, um, it, it humbles me every time, you know, um, uh, from cancer survivors to people who are, you know, overseas fighting in, the, in, 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 different wars, different things like that, uh, reaching out to me saying, man, your wristband really made me, um, you know, really helped me focus and center myself today when I was going through this and that, or, or, you know, um, you know, my cancer came back, but your wristband reminded me that I can, you know, pray through it and I'll make it through it again and this and that um, my own brothers my family members just saying how much it's changed them and helped them um, that, that's kind of what it's all been about for me I, I've always told people you know I'm not trying to you know make a million dollars off of prayer every day or, or, or this movement I just wanted to help people um, and so what I, what I always do with with the profits from it is I donate the money to different other different causes or, or different things that I see in the community that I, that I support um, so with George's um, colon cancer foundation during the uh, during colon cancer month what I did was I took all the proceeds from prayer every day and i matched it with my own personal money and i donated it all to the colon cancer foundation so we gave them a check for four hundred dollars um that month 
um, to donate to the Colon Cancer Foundation from uh, from Prayer Every Day and myself. Um, but but that, that movement has been going really well, man. I mean, people can find it at um, www.iprayeveryday.com. Um, the wristbands are there, shirts, things like that. Um, I just keep keep pushing the movement, man. Like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to you know make 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 a, a lucrative opportunity or, or make a lot of money off of it. It's just you know really a social movement that I love. Like I I probably give more wristbands away than I sell um, just just to help people. You know when I when I even even the homeless when I you know they, if I got a dollar on me or two dollars on me, I always give them a wristband with the dollars. Um, and some of them here in Austin, I see them every now and then. They still got them on. They still wear them. Still you know hopefully they're still praying and still rocking with the movement. Mm, yeah, you already know, man. You already know. I, I, I definitely support it. And it's crazy. Uh, the bands that you gave for Texas, my last show, I gave them all out. I got to cop some more. Do you have the all black ones or you just got the gray ones? Too? Yeah, I got, so I, we, so we, so we, we, uh, we moved on from just the gray. We got all black. We got blue. We have, um, red and we have pink ones now. Say less, say less. And I have all that information for that in the show notes. Are y'all still selling hats too? Yep, still got the hats too, man. Still got the hats. I'm, I'm actually working on a, a different style of hat now too, but yeah, still have the hats and everything, man. Say less, say less, say less, man. And um, so now let's let's talk about Soul Pop, man, because I know I didn't realize I looked at your LinkedIn. You worked for the other company for all, almost twelve years. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I, and I, and I, I still I still work for them. So I'm I'm, okay. I'm, literally, <laughs> I'm literally working, you know, two or three jobs right now. Uh, <laughs> You know, trying to make it all. Hey, you the hardest working. You like Steve Harvey out here, boy. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I mean, some days, literally, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm working at you know one job at half the day, then the other job half the day, to where I'm, you know, working till you know one a.m., two a.m. to just get it all happening. But you know, I, I feel like you know God's put it all on my plate for a reason, so I'm, I'm up for the task to make it happen. But it, it, it does get tiresome sometimes. I have to you know step away from it. But uh, but it, it, it's going good. But but soul pop, man, it's been around. It started 2016. Um, so a, a black lady here in Austin, mm-hmm. uh, EJ Lozada, she started Soul Pop. Um, and uh, she started out of her kitchen. She was trying to figure out a way to help her son um, with his eating his eating challenges, basically. And she was trying to figure out how to make food taste like one thing, but from a texture standpoint, be something else. Um, so she went into her kitchen and she started making uh, different you know, seasoning and flavoring and put it on popcorn. And her son loved it. And um, so, she, you know, she started doing that, and, you know. People, you know, started supporting and loving it, too. So she turned into a business and I met her three months after that. So three months into the business, I met her at the farmer's market here in Austin. Um, and I don't even I don't even like popcorn. Like, I don't you know, you can go back, you know, years of, you know, when I was you know in the dating game, whatever. Like, I ain't never bought popcorn at the movies. I don't <laughs> store like i just don't like popcorn and so i'm at the farmer's market and um you know i'm walking around and i see this black lady at her booth and i'm like man i was like what is she selling and so i read the banner i'm like oh popcorn and so i'm like ah i was like I ain't, i'm not really trying to eat a popcorn so i look at it, we, we 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 made eye contact and i tried to look off well as i'm trying to look off like i don't see her she's like hey she's like come over here she's like i got some you know got some awesome samples some popcorn that you should try and so i go over and i'm like all right i'll, I'll sample it but you know i don't like popcorn so i'll, I'll be nice and I'll, I'll sample this and that and so I sampled it, and the first one she gave me was chicken and waffle popcorn. And bro, I ate that popcorn, and I was like, "Hold on!" And I had to step back. I was like, "I was like, hold on!" I was like, "Pete, you might just be hungry. That's why you." Think you <laughs> I, was, I was like, "That's why you think you like this. Uh, you know, don't 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 overdo it. You know, you you probably just trying to impress her by saying you like it." And so I tried a couple other flavors like banana pudding, mac and cheese, and I'm just loving all of them, bro. Like the flavors are just you know blowing my mouth up. Like I'm just I'm like this is crazy. And so, uh, you know, just so I buy a couple of bags, take them home to my wife. She loves it. 
Um, and so I, I started going back every week and I'm like, man, I got to buy some more popcorn just support you. Um, I love what you're doing. And so just through building that relationship, probably about a month or two after that, she was like, Hey, she was like, soon enough, I'll be, I'll be ready to build my team out. Um, she was like, you know, I, I, I won't be able to pay you right off the bat. She was like, but what I can offer you is equity in the company. You can come on as, as one of my co-owners of the company. Um, and you can help me, you know, you can use your sales experience to be my head of new business and sales. Um, she was like, you know, think on it. She was like, when that time is right, I'll email you. And so this was um, probably, mm, what was that? Maybe May or June of last year when she sent me the email. And she was like, hey, I'm ready to build up my team. If you're up for it, this is that. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I love entrepreneurship. And I was like, you, you know, I was like, you, I, I couldn't send that email back fast enough saying, yeah. Uh, <laughs> me up, I'm taking on opportunity. Uh, and so I've been I've been rocking with it ever since, man. We've been we've been it, it's been phenomenal, man. The, the, the popcorn is doing well. Um, you know, all these opportunities that have come from the, the recent press with with uh, the prime minister thing and everything has been, has been going great. Um, and like you said, we're, we're, we're on Amazon now. And uh, we, we try to stay stuck. I'm actually after this interview, I'm headed to our uh, our production facility to help us get our next um, shipment out to Amazon today so that we can restock Amazon. Uh, but we, we haven't even been able to keep product on Amazon every Bruh, time. we Text we ship. me as soon as it gets restocked, man, because <laughs> I'm trying it. to check. I don't know if you can have alerts. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know if Amazon, it might have it. I don't know. I'm going to look on Amazon because I know you got a lot going on. I'm going to look on Amazon, but I, I need, I, I need it. I need to taste it, man. I got you. I got you. As soon as, soon as, as, soon as I know when it's going up, I, I'm going to shoot you that text. You can have that first dibs. I, I got like two other people too. And I was like, hey, bro, as soon as it goes up, send me the text so I can get online and get my order in. I was and, like, I got you. So I'm, I'm going to make sure I send you that text, bro. And for our listeners here, it is, it is a black owned business. And what type of, fl- share with us the flavors y'all got for this podcast. Popcorn. Oh yeah. So uh, so we we have a chicken and waffle popcorn. We have mac and cheese, banana pudding, uh, butter corn off the cob, uh, Austin smoked barbecue, sour dill, and Big Mama's fried chicken. And this is baked into popcorn. It is it is in the popcorn, bro. When I when I tell you the flavors are, are exactly what they say they are, uh, it's it's literally exactly what it's and it, and it's healthy popcorn too. Um, it's all non GMO, gluten free popcorn. Um, and, and we, and we cook it in coconut oil. So it's really not even a, a, you know, a, a health risk to eat a whole bag of our popcorn. Um, it's actually a healthy popcorn. Wow, man. That's that, that, that sounds like something specifically that could have a lot of wings on it. I'm glad that you've been able to generate this buzz. And, and I know I just tell by your savviness, you should be able to continue to extend this buzz, um, because of the way you're using it, man. So I'm excited for it. I'm glad we were able to break a little bit about soul popped on this podcast because that in itself, I mean, it's just huge because it's an industry, I mean, that even though it's, it's a difficult industry, but we don't really talk about packaged goods industry and getting it on stores and what it looks like. So I'm, I'm, I'm amazed to see where that journey takes you because I know Amazon is freaking taking over the world. So that's like the first step, but I know there's a lot of, of hanging fruit out there that y'all can kind of attack specifically once it pops off. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's that, that's where we are now. Um, so we 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 moved into our production facility, and now we're working on building those relationships with grocery channels, um, you know, different small boutique stores, um, you know, everywhere. We're even looking at airlines doing a small, you know, snack size packaging um, for different airlines and stuff like that. So I mean, those are all the opportunities that we're looking to engage with and uh, take advantage of. And and for full disclosure for our audience, though, you 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 are you have part ownership in the store, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm one of the co-owners of the company. Okay. 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 Cool. Cool. Cool, man. Well, shoot, man. It's, I, I, I'm excited for it. I'm excited finally to get to experience it, man. So I'm going to hold you to it, man. Uh, 
But as 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 we as we close before we get to the culture change round, um, I do want to say I have two more questions. Um, is there anything that our audience or the people that's listening can expect from you from the rest of 2018, man? Uh, man, just keep looking out for Soul Pop, man. That's 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 what I'm pushing. Um, that's what I'm working towards. Um, that's what we're building on. Um, looking out for Soul Pop, and uh, you know, I'm headed to Australia in October. Um, so look out for that too. I'll, I'll definitely, uh, have, you know, have a vlog about it, um, and, and a cool video about the whole experience with myself and my wife going over there. Um, and then pray every day, you know, I'm, I'm still, you still push that every day, still working to, to get that out there and keep that movement going. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what, what you can expect from me for the rest of the year. Mm. And for, 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 I know they're going to be tuning in for Australia. You have any, uh, special things or anything you want to get out to our Australian listeners? Cause I know you get a chance to reply quickly on Twitter, but if you had a, a, to give a PSA announcement to them when you touch down, like, would you, would you want to share anything with them? Yeah. Uh, let me, let me, let me see if I can, uh, if I can do my Australian accent that they were, they were trying to teach me, uh, 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 good day, mates. I'll see you soon. That's my that's that's my Australian accent. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. I love it, man. How, first of all, how long is that flight going to be, yo? Uh, twenty hours, bro. A twenty? Shut, <laughs> 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 bro. No, bro. No, it's literally yeah, a twenty-hour flight, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> that would make sense, dog. Yeah, it's it's a long flight. Is it one way twenty hours? Yeah, one way. Oh my good, a whole day. Yeah, man, whole day. I told I told my wife we had to stock up on some Netflix series and all kind of stuff to to keep us busy. Podcast, Netflix series. Uh, man, wow. And that's twenty hours there and back, man. I definitely keep my prayers with that. Um, so let's jump into the culture change round, man. I got five rapid fire questions and uh, five rapid fire answers, man. You ready to rock? Yes, sir. Uh, what's the best piece of advice that you have never received? Mm. Best piece of advice I've never received. Um, you know, I guess the advice I've never received is that everything's going to be OK. Um, you know, a lot of times early on in life, we stress out about, you know, so many things here and there. And nobody ever nobody ever stopped and told me, you know, hey, you you know, you at 21, 22, you know, you're thinking that I got to have it all figured out. I got to understand everything. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to, you know, have all these things lined up. Um, but if, if you just focus on your own race and focus on, you know, doing what you need to do, um, everything will work out and be okay. You know? Um, and I think a lot of times we lose focus on that and think that, you know, because this friend has a house, a car, a family, a, a, a you know, a job, well-paying job that because, you know, I'm, 31 and they're 31, we got to have the same thing. Or because this person's 27 and I'm 30, that I missed my opportunity. Um, you just got to run your own race, man. Understand that everything's going to be okay. Mm, love that. Love that. Love that. Uh, the second question that we got is, if you could add one habit and take away one habit, what would they be? Hmm, if I could add one habit. If I could add one habit, I would say it would be to to stop procrastinating so much. Uh, I would not, I, you know what, that would be the, that would be the takeaway. So I would take away my, my procrastination habit. Um, and the habit that I would add would be probably, probably going to sleep at a disciplined hour. Um, I, I, I wake up, I'm, I'm a morning person. So I normally wake up, you know, you know, 
you know, 6 a.m., 6.30. Um, but I, I notice when I do go to sleep at a disciplined hour, I wake up way more energized on those mornings than I do the nights when I'm, you know, going to sleep at 1, 2 a.m. Um, you know, now some days that, you know, that it's not possible to go to sleep at these hours because I'm, I'm working so much and doing so many things. Um, but some days, you know, I'm just up, you know, watching Sports Center, watching TV or doing something, um, just wasting time. Um, so, yeah, those would be the two. Mm. Yep, 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 yep. What is your favorite book and why? Hmm, favorite book and why? I would have to go with, you know, a book I read. A book I read recently, um, "The Art and Science of Respect" from Jay Prince. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. Speak on that, man, because I, I, I think I probably need to get the book. Is it? Is it? Is it good? Yeah, man. It, it's it's a really good book, and I think it's it's really good. It really touched me because his story coming from the same neighborhood that I came from and then just growing up and really respecting him and being somebody like we, you know, in, in high school, we used to go to Prince gym um, at midnight and play basketball with him and the rest of his rap crew and everybody else. Uh, he would open the gym up for us all hoop with him um, on Thursday nights. They still do it now in Houston. Um, but just somebody I, re- I really respected and then kind of read his story and see the similarities in myself and what he went through to build out rap and take care of his family, do things he does now. Um, you know, that brother owns his own island. Like, you know, he owns his own island, has his own ranch, you know, has a, you know, multi-million dollar company, uh, family good, you know, all the things that, you know, I aspire to do and be one day. Um, so the book was just really refreshing on, on that to, to see somebody make it um, that looks like me and kind of comes from where I come from. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I, I'll have all that information in the show notes audience. And the last question is round. Oh, no. Fourth question. What is your biggest fear? Hmm. My biggest fear is, I guess my biggest fear would be dying and not have used all the talent and all the opportunity God put me here to change the world long after I'm gone. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, death is something that we, that we all have to, you know, face at some point in time in life, you know, it's coming for all of us that, you know, nobody's, you know, made it to 200 years old. Um, but I think it's what we do with the time we have that allows us that longevity here on earth, like, you know, like the, the, the MLKs, the Malcolms, the, you know, even LeBron James, like long after LeBron James is gone, people are still going to talk about how he started a school, how he did all these phenomenal. You know, we'll talk about the basketball player, but the other things he's doing, I was going to keep his name alive for much longer than, you know, talking about basketball. Because, I mean, at some point in time, you know, there, there's going to be another basketball player that comes along that, that you know, goes up there with the, the LeBrons, the Kobe's, the Michaels. Um, but it's not going to be many basketball players that come along and open a school or do the the social good things that he's doing or, or even the Colin Kaepernick's, you know, they're, they're, they're doing so much outside of, um, you know, their day to day that I think that's going to help them live a lot longer than they actually physically live. Um, so it's just a fear of not using my talent and my time here to truly change and affect people in a way that lives on longer than I do. Mm-hmm. And the last question, if you were the president of the United States, what is the first thing you would do? <laughs> if I was the president of the United States, hmm, first thing I would do would be. That's a good question. I would probably, I'd probably throw block parties everywhere 
And the block parties would be for people of all walks of life to come together um, and just enjoy in each other's company and culture to truly understand one another, but also start to try to love one another. I think that's where we struggle a lot right now in society. I mean, especially with, you know, the current state of, of, of politics with, with Trump and, and the, the craziness he's doing, bro. I, uh, I think we're, there, there's a lot of, a lot of people choosing sides when I think we could, you know, it, it, it's pulling us back to a time that we thought we were away from. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that will get us back there is loving each other. Um, you know, I might I don't have to agree with somebody's politics to, you know, respect and, you know, have, you know, some sort of love for them. Um, now, not that, you know, not that you got to, you know, be like, hey, you know, even though you, you know, are against, you know, uh, immigrants and this is not that I love you. But it's just kind of like a, you know, I might not under, might not respect everything you're doing, uh, but that doesn't it doesn't have to affect who I am and who I and how I exude myself to the world, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to change me. Um, and so I would, just, I would just do something like that, man. Something like and 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 wholehearted to kind of just start building communities again to get together and understand each other um, and truly just engage and 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 start to you know kind of build back up where Obama was taking us. Um, I feel like Barack was taking us to a place where you know people really started to truly appreciate one another and love one another outside of you know what they stood on or believed in because you know with a black president it just seemed like. You know, everything was everything was 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 on the up and up. Um, and I think, you know, Trump and his, you know, his team are trying to take us back to a time. But I don't, I don't think it's possible. Like, I, I think they've done a lot so far, but I don't think it's possible to take us back to where they're trying to take us to. Um, and, 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 you know, me being the optimist that I am, I think we'll, we'll get through it and we'll get on to, to better days. And, and this will be just, you know, a, a difficult time in our history, but uh, it, it'll shape us for the better. Mm, couldn't have said it better myself, man. And I call everybody that comes on the show culture change agents because they're doing what they are and they're doing in their own right to change the culture. So this last question outside of coaching around, that was good. That was done. Um, is tried and true. Every person has ever gotten on the show has answered. If you could change one thing about society, uh, most specifically our African American culture, what would it be and why? Man, I would change the way we support each other, man. Um, one of the things that that is that's disheartening is the lack of support that we truly show one another in our community. Um, you know, I always use the example of, you know, Beyonce. Like I love Beyonce. Like Beyonce from Houston, you know, her birthday is the day before mine. Like I, you know, I I I'm a Beyonce stand. Like I, I stand for Beyonce, you know. But uh, whenever Beyonce does anything, you know, online, people go crazy. They'll they, you know, when she had her baby, they were, they were sharing it. They were posting it. They were making statuses, doing this and that. But, you know, when your friend announces that, Hey, I've started, you know, I just, I just bought a food truck. I'm about to start my food business. So I'm about to do this and that. Where's the support then? Where's the share then? Where's the like then? You know, even, you know, even with, you know, this podcast, you know, I'm sure you've got people that you've been, you know, you've been putting the podcast out, you know, for years now and they still haven't supported. They still haven't. But you but you see them support, you know, uh, the new LeBron shoe or the new new music from such and such. And it's like you don't even know them, bro. Like, that's not that's not your home. <laughs> you, 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 you support and, and giving all this to, to people that you don't even know. But people right here in your wheelhouse that you know and support are looking for that support and you won't give it to them. Um, and a, a lot of times I think it's because people in our community, we wait for each other to make it. Then we show our support and applaud them or 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 love them or or we you know we wait till people die 
Um, you know, I, that's that's another thing that, that's been a, a creepy thing to me is, you know, people, you know, somebody dies and all of a sudden their follower count on Instagram goes up or their whatever <laughs> business, whatever, whatever business they had going on, or whatever music they were dropping. All of a sudden that's getting that's trending now. That's going that, that's this. And I'm like, where was the respect and love when that person was alive? Like, why couldn't you support then? Like, what was what was stopping you from doing it then? Like, why? Why all of a sudden now? Um, so I would change the way we support each other, man. I think if we, I think if we truly engage with one another and support each other, um, as we do celebrities and entertainers and stuff like that, it would be a powerful, powerful thing. We would start, we would start creating more millionaires and billionaires within our own community, the same way we create that for other people. Um, so that, that's what I would change, man. It's just the support we give uh, one another. I love that, man. That's that's. I can't say anything better myself, man. Well, I, I, I want to say one, where can people find you at? Find, uh, information on Soul Popped. Uh, I pray everybody really respect the results. Where can they find you online? Where can people all find all that good information? Yeah, yeah, man. So, uh, you can find me online. I'm Peter Dutton five. Uh, that's the number five, Peter Dutton. Um, at, on Twitter and Instagram, you can find Soul Popped at Soul Pop Popcorn on Instagram. Um, we're Soul Food Popcorn on Twitter. And then pray every day. You can find uh, pray every day to expect results on Instagram, and you can find it on Twitter at I Pray Every Day. And the Pray Every Day site is www.iprayeveryday.com, and Soul Pop is www.soulpop.com. Mm, everybody, you got the information in the show notes. So, hey, brother Dutton, the People's Prime Minister, Mister <laughs> I Pray Every Day, Mister Soul Pop, Mister Father in the Making, dog. Yes, like it's been, it's been a journey, a roller coaster. These stories have been phenomenal. Like I can't wait till you really start speaking often, man. Because you, I know you got stories for days that, that students, young adults, people just need to hear, man. So I was so phenomenally blessed about this podcast so from the bottom of my heart and i know the troublemaking hearts thank you for giving well over all your time man yes sir thanks thanks for having me man this is a this is a definitely a pleasure of mine and something that i've uh i've looked forward to for a while man i, I mean i think it's just a testament of what you're doing what i'm doing man and I'm, I'm i'm proud to be a part of it bro Hey, you already know. So my Noted Trailblazer Nation, you already know. I need you to do two things, two things only. One, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend and comment. Leave comments. I'm, I'm comment SoundCloud, uh, all that good stuff. Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. And also too, also too, make sure you changing the freaking culture. Good night. <laughs>